What's going on, Sun Conference fans? My name is Reagan Harrell. Welcome to episode three of Suncast. Going to do a review on all the midweek action with baseball, softball, and also flag football. And we'll give a preview into some awesome series in baseball and softball across the Sun Conference happening this weekend and some other events happening across South Florida this week this weekend. Also got some stuff going on in the Peach State and the Palmetto State, which is where we will start off our action today as USCB posted a 17-7 routing of Bruton Parker. Kyron Russ went 3-for-4 with a pair of home runs and six RBIs. Breven Harper went 2-for-3. He had a home run and four RBIs as well. Lenny Castro continues to be one of the hottest hitters to start off conference play as he went 2-for-3 with a home run, a double, and three RBIs. It was Castro that got the Sand Shark started early, going up one nothing, And then in the fourth inning, USCV flexed their muscles, to say the least. Kyron Russ had a two-run shot. The Sand Sharks would go on to add seven more runs, excuse me, six more runs in the inning and take a 9-2 lead. Harper stayed red hot at the plate. He had a two-RBI single to make it 11-2. And then in the sixth inning, Kyron Russ collected his second home run of the game, this time a grand slam to put USCB up 15-3. to They would go on to shut the door on Bruton Parker. They have a much tougher opponent this weekend, however, as the Sand Sharks will travel down to Miami Garden to take down the number 10 team in the nation, the St. Thomas Bobcats. Ave Maria got back in the win column as well. They had the doubleheader sweep of Fort Lauderdale after they got swept by Weber this past weekend. Top of Ave Maria's lineup opened it up 2-0, just a couple batters into the game. Tanner Kelly doubled and then stole third, as the Gyrenes do so well, leading the Sun Conference in stolen bases. Jose Gonzalez would single to the left side to give AMU the early 2-0 lead. Leonard hit a solo shot to dead center field to post the third and final run for Ave Maria. Kelton Little moved to 3-0 on the year. He only had three innings as it was a little bit of a bullpen game for Ave, but he did get the win. Brandon Woolsby would get the strikeout to end the game in the seventh. Game two, Ave won as well. This time it was four errors from the Fort Lauderdale Eagles that hurt them. Fort Lauderdale is a possible Sun Conference team for next year, by the way. Uh, they're a young team, first-year program. Uh, they do have some solid bats. They played a lot of good games against Sun Conference opponents. Weber, who's you know, number 13 now in the NAI, they took them the distance twice, having to walk it off against the Eagles. That's all something to think about. Hopefully, we'll be calling some Fort Lauderdale baseball next year. Uh, they're a fun team. I think they would fit in very well in this conference. Uh, Blanchard led Ave Maria offensively in game two with a two-run blast. Ave will look to continue their hot streak. Uh, well, on a hot streak. They want to continue their winning streak for sure. It's now up to two. They will have a chance to do that against Florida Memorial. Uh, speaking of Flomo, one of the teams that has struggled a little bit, they went up against the, probably one of the hottest teams, not only in the Sunday Conference, but the entire nation, St. Thomas Bobcats. And they gave them a midweek scare on Tuesday. Uh, St. Thomas dominated most of the game. FMU got an early 2-0 lead thanks to a Nathan Harris 2-RBI single. Uh, it was off St. Thomas from there as they scored 11 straight. Valdez hit his eighth home run of the campaign. Alan Coretta would break up the game open in the eighth with a two-run shot of his own. 
However, Florida Memorial would cut into the lead in the bottom of the, the ninth as it went to 11-9 thanks to a couple of bases loaded walks and hit by pitches. Sack fly and a pair of RBI singles from Gen Z Duvall and Luis Verdilla made things interesting, but ultimately the Bobcats did hold on for the 11-9 victory. This all that happened in baseball midweek. Did have some softball midweek action as Coastal Georgia continued their dominance in games one and two up in South Carolina against USCB. Mariners took game one, five, one. Haley Dickerson pitched her sixth complete game, earning her 10th win of the year. She's making a case for not only all Sun Conference, but all American being one of the best pitchers in the circle for the Mariners this year. Game two, it was Sarah Thinger going three for four at the plate. She had a couple RBIs and a couple runs scored. Coastal put up a three spot in both the fourth and the sixth innings for their 6-2 victory. Pitcher Reagan Thomas pitched her first complete game and her first win of the year for the Mariners. However, game three, the Sand Sharks battled back to avoid the sweep and hand Coastal Georgia only their second loss of the entire season. Mackenzie Freeman delivered the game-winning walk-off sack fly to give USCB the 3-2 victory. Ave Maria got the midweek sleep of Florida Memorial. Jiren scored nine unanswered in a 12-4 victory in game one. Ave scored three in the third, including two on inside park home runs from Ayla Naharno and Annie Nadira. They also added six more runs in the fourth. And in game two, Ave ended the game early in only, only five innings as they dropped seven in the second and six in the fifth to complete the 13-1 to route. Marissa Mackay had the bases loaded triple in the second and broke the game open. Ashley Norton had three of her four RBIs on the day with a three-run shot to dead center to put the cherry on top of game two. Hugh Jennings propelled the Jirens again in game three as they posted half of their 16 runs in the third. Cecilia Garrett broke it open with a grand slam. Flomo would get back in the game in the bottom half of the second inning. Uh, Jaden Dixon hit a grand slam of her own, and Elena DeBecky, sorry, DeBeck. Elena DeBeck added five RBIs, including a two run shot, along with Ashley Nelson's solo shot in the seventh. That would be enough for Ave Maria to sweep the Lions in a 16 6 victory in game three. Uh, Warner took on Weber uh, this series in the late Crooked Classic. Surprisingly, Warner ended up winning the season, t- taking two or three, showing how awesome this uh, conference is. Weber with the uh, series win this past weekend against Thomas University. Uh, Warner not quite as good as Thomas, just looking at their schedules and stats straight up. But Warner has made their case as they are still in they are still a very competitive team in the Sun Conference. Warner would walk off Weber in both of the first two games. Karina Lopez for Warner and Kayla Swenson for Weber had great games. One, both going six innings and only giving up a pair of runs each. It was Warner's Peyton Pillen to score in the bottom of the seventh thanks to a Weber throwing error to take game one. Pillen also led Warner with a pair of RBIs as the Royals took a 6-3 lead into the seventh inning of game two. However, Weber did not go down without a fight. John Kara Bland's two RBI single and Abigail Thompson's sack fly would tie the game up. 
However, Madison Iowa would walk off the Warriors with an eighth-inning RBI single to get the Royals back up to 500 on the year. Weber would avoid the sweep of Warner to knock them back below 500. Thompson had a pair of RBIs to bring her season total up to 29. Bland and Alves added RBIs too to help give Weber the 6-2 victory and improved to 22-10 on the year and 6-3 in the Sun Conference. St. Thomas would take 2-3 as well from Kaiser in the midweek matchup in Miami Gardens. Game 1 was tied at 3 at the end of 7. Kaiser brought 4 across in the ninth, 2 off coming Kelsey Miraman's RBI single. Lizzie Small would pick up the victory as she pitched the complete game nine-inning victory. She did not give up any earned runs. Kaiser had to overcome four errors in that 7-4 victory in game one. However, St. St. Thomas dominated game two. Caitlin Spalding had the complete game shutout to earn her third win of the year. Destiny Facetti led the way at the plate with three RBIs. Game three would end up repeating history in game two. Hope Quinones in the circle had the complete game, 12 strikeouts, shutout, and the 5-0 victory over the Kaiser Seahawks. Moving on to flag football, the Weber International University Warriors improved to 6-4 on the year with the route of the Florida Memorial University Lions. Weber used a big second quarter as they posted 14 in the second and 6 in the first, third, and fourth quarters with a 32-0 victory. Samantha Wilson did excellent for Weber, going 12 for 19 with 118 yards and a pair of touchdowns. Uh, Wilson also led the way with rushing. She averaged 12.8. She had 51 yards and uh, only four attempts. Don't know, didn't know Wilson was quite the runner. She usually does it with her arm, but so she is a threat to run the ball. Caliburros led Weber and receiving with 64 yards and Hayden Root had a pair of touchdowns as Breezer Robinson added the other for the victory. Don't have any game notes for the second game uh, that happened in the Sun Conference. Thomas University did beat St. Thomas 13 to nothing. No game notes or review for it on that. Thomas improves to 9-1 and one on the year as they show they are one of the best teams in the Sun Conference. That's the midweek recap. Moving on to the weekend preview. We have some huge series on the diamond for baseball. Two top 25 matchups. Tough to pick a big series of the weekend, but I decided to give it up to one of the hottest teams. Actually, probably the hottest team in the entire NAIA. The number 18 Warner Royals travel to Lakeland, putting their 20-game win streak on the line to take on the number one team in the land, the Southeastern Fire. So, some talk has gone around about a, another podcast, NAIA Ball, has said if there is any team in the Sun Conference that has a chance to win a series against the Southeastern Fire, it was the Warner Royals. Now, you've all listened to the other episodes, I hope. If not, please go back, listen, and give a five-star review. Please and thank you. <laughs> I'm very high on Warner. I think they're a very strong team. I think at the end of the year, they're going to have a decent shot to make some noise, not only in the conference playoffs, but I think there will be riots in Lake Wells if they are not in a regional. Do I think the Sun Conference will get four teams in the regional? I think it's very possible, yeah. I mean, 
Warner's 18, and even if they go and get swept by Southeastern, uh, it's not going to drop them outside the top 25. We just saw Kaiser get swept, and they only moved down four spots from 20 to 24. So I don't even know how much these ratings matter. Do they matter? Personally, I don't think too much. It's, what, mid-late March? Your ratings are what they are. You got to still kind of go to your conference, do well in your conference tournament, and then see what happens in a regional. And then it just depends what happens in Idaho in May. That's what really matters. Either way, um, I think that comment was just a little bit disrespectful to St. Thomas and Weber. I think both teams, top to bottom, are better than Warner. I think Warner is a good team, but there's levels to it. And I don't think when push comes to shove and they have to compete in this conference, which they are now doing for the first time in four weeks. It's the first time in four weeks that Warner University has taken on teams they'll see in a regional, teams that they will see at the, in the quarterfinal and semifinals of the Sun Conference Tournament. They're taking on Southeastern Fire, and I believe Mr. Gary Laura and his 480 average, 10 dingers, 40 RBIs. Brian Fuentes coming in with the oh, just okay 453 average, 11 bombs, 40 RBIs. I think they may disagree. Oh, don't forget Weber has, excuse me, not Weber, um, Southeastern has five other players batting over 300. Warner's got some dudes. Logan Flood, he's been right around 400 all year for the Royals. Trey Woosley has been one of the best first basemen in the Sun Conference. But I think Warner's 20-game in streak has hours left to live. I think it has hours. Single-digit hours from the time that y'all hear, hear this podcast. But I don't, I don't see a, a way they win this series, honestly. Could they get one? Absolutely. Are they going to get one in game one against Rob Adams? No. No, I don't think so. I don't know if they'll get one in game two, and they may get one in game three. I don't know. If the people over at Warner are hearing this, please use this. Please, I mean, go show that that Southeastern is Goliath, and they can be knocked down. Do I think it's going to happen? No. No, I do not. But – Warner could prove me wrong, and I could have pie all over my face for the weekend review. And if they do, I will give Warner their flowers. Absolutely. I don't think it's going to happen, though. I think Southeastern will take the series, likely sweep it. But we'll see. We'll see. Other big series of the weekend, we have number 24-ranked Kaiser University. They will host number 13-ranked Weber International University in wonderful West Palm Beach, Florida. I expect this to be a home run derby. I think there will be runs scored. There are going to be a ton of runs scored. I really want to see this Weber staff, this Weber bullpen that I've been so high on in probably the biggest hitters park in the Sun Conference. We have a ton of runs scored over at Sylvester Field in West Palm. Hopefully, they're from my Weber Warrior side. But I'm really excited to see what Casey Lawson, what Xavier Rodriguez, Dylan Martin, TJ Lopez, Dawson Young. I want to see this pitching staff. I want to see this bullpen against Tim Bouchard and this Seahawks lineup. 
that is one of the best in the nation. Bouchard is leading the way. He's batting 461, 11 home runs. He's second in the nation with 53 RBIs. They're one of the best hitting teams in the NAIA, 49 home runs. They're batting 325. However, I'm saying all this, and they're coming off getting swept. Why did they get swept? Well, it might be because they play in that hitter-friendly ballpark at his Sylvester Field. Their, their pitching has struggled with an ERA near six. Is that due to playing there? Possibly. However, there's also a reason why you're one of the best lineups in the entire NAI, not just Sun Conference, in the entire NAI. On the other hand, Weber has one of the most well-rounded teams I think I can say this confidently saying in the country, they're number 13. Um, they have won or split every series they've been in this year. So they're led by Xavier Rodriguez and Dylan the Outlaw Martin. We'll, we'll see them, I'm sure, in two of the three games. Most likely, I would probably say in the doubleheader on Saturday. Don't know, don't hold me to that. Uh, the Warrior lineup, it's as solid as they come one through nine. Uh, excuse me, Kenny Rodriguez. Continues his dominance at the plate. He's one of the best outfielders in the Sun Conference. He has the the smoothest swing that I've seen this year. Now, that being said, I've not seen Southeastern play yet. I'm sure, as I've said, Mr. Gary Laura may uh, disagree. Whatever. Kenny Rodriguez, one of the best swings in the Sun Conference. He's batting over 400. He's got seven home runs. And he has seven, excuse me, 47 RBIs in a pretty big ball part that is now Kneehammer Field, no longer heart of Florida Field. Weber has renamed their baseball field Kneehammer Field after the athletic director and longtime Weber baseball coach, Brad Kneehammer. So congratulations to our Weber AD. Um, I expect this series to be a split one way or the other. I think it'll be a 2-3 split. However, I said that last week about Kaiser. I was wrong. I was very wrong. That's well. They could come out here and take two or three. They could very well sweep Weber if Weber doesn't bring their A game, which I would be surprised to see a Coach Colin Martin team go into a big series like this without their A game. Um, Xavier Rodriguez and Dylan Martin, this is their series. They are teetering right there at the top of being one of the top two or three duos in the Sun Conference. If they can go down to West Palm Beach and put a hurting on this lineup, um, I mean, obviously, you have the duo over in Southeastern. That is Drew Galepsi and Rob Adams. Um, however, if they – if X and the Outlaw – Go to Kaiser and get the wins in those games. Hopefully the bullpen will stay strong as well. Uh, I think Weber will take two or three. And if they sweep the series, Kaiser's regional hopes officially are going to depend on how they do in the tournament. Uh, The conference tournament, of course, that is. Um, You know, back-to-back sweeps, I get that it's against two of the top 15 teams if that does happen. I think Kaiser, in fact, I know Kaiser needs this series a lot more than Weber does. Uh, not to say Weber does not need this series. It would be huge for them to take two of three, especially with Southeastern looming uh, next weekend. Just a uh, big, fat spoiler alert. 
Weber again, Weber hosting Southeastern that I will be on the call for. Just by the way, I will be broadcasting that game. That will be the big series of the weekend, not just in the Sun Conference, in the NAIA. So we'll see what happens there. Um, again, I like Weber to take two or three. Don't know if they will. Hope they do. Again, I really think it's going to depend on the arms of X and the Outlaw and whoever else will be pitching for the Warriors. Two teams are coming off sweeps in the last weekend square off in Miami Gardens. University of South Carolina Beaufort Sand Sharks take on the St. Thomas Bobcats. Ezekiel Vasquez and Robin Fernandez, they're both batting over 400 with seven dangers for the Bobcats. Chris Schroller and Andrew Fernandez, they have seven home runs as well. And are both uh, just under 400 with the batting average. Uh, I think the Bobcat lineup is one of the deepest in not only the Sun Conference, but the entire NAIA. I think they'll be a regional team for sure this year. I have them coming up just short um, of the conference final. And, and of course, it, it depends on how everything shakes out on what side of the bracket which. But I think they are um, the second or third best team right now in the Sun Conference. They were ranked 10th in the nation. However, what they have struggled with is what – I think pretty much every other team in the Sun Conference is struggling with, at least outside of Southeastern and Weber, and that is pitching. Uh, They don't really have a solid starting rotation. In fact, Richard Rodriguez is the only guy with six or more starts on the year, excuse me, five or more starts on the year. Uh, I don't think that's a huge deal. However, I think when you get into regional play, you need a guy, you need a couple guys that are absolutely shut down. Uh, I don't know if they have that guy yet. Uh, they relied on their bats to just dominate Kaiser in two of the three games, and the one that they uh, had the pitching, they scored 19 runs. So uh, I'm a little worried about that for the Bobcats, and they are facing a very, very hot Sand Shark team led by Lindy Castro. He's averaging 416, has seven home runs, 11 at- uh, doubles and a pair of triples for the senior out of New York. What the Sharks are lacking in the pop in their lineup, they have seven starters batting over 300 on the year. USCB has struggled uh, early in the season. However, they beat a Flomo team who I thought had, or I really thought they were going to take the series uh, against USCB. It is a tough drive. Always USCB has had to, I'm sure that they're traveling bus. From Beaufort to Miami Gardens, we'll see if that wears on the team or not. And I do think that the Sand Sharks will take one game from St. Thomas. I think St. Thomas, they're coming off a very emotional sweep against their bitter rival, one of the best rivals in the Sun Conference. In fact, I just thought of a new segment. There are a little piece that we could do, just rank the rivalries in the Sun Conference. We'll do that. We'll save that for another day. But I do think that huge emotional win, especially uh, just how well the bats hit. It happened to Weber earlier in the year where they went and swept Faulkner and they went to play Florida Memorial, and I said they will lose one of these games. I think this will happen. To St. Thomas, I do think they will take two of three from the Sharks. And if you're asking me, would I be more surprised to see a Sand Shark series victory taking two or three or a Bobcat sweep? I would say I'd be more surprised to see the Sand Sharks Take the series, and I would be for the Bobcats to sweep them. 
And with that, I'm going to announce I'm going to be taking the podcast in a slightly different direction. You know, it's early days in Suncast, and I want to do something that I think is best for not only myself, but especially the listeners. And frankly, right now, with my knowledge across Sun Conference, baseball is number one. Well, I guess technically behind football because it's a sport I play. But baseball is the sport I cover the most here at Weber. And so when we go into more of the weekend preview, uh, I'm going to do deeper dives into baseball across the Sun Conference. Uh, I'm not going to neglect other sports. Definitely going to talk about them. But the in-depth statistics, uh, looking into the games, watching the games, which I love to do. I mean, Sun Conference baseball is is what I enjoy watching and covering. Um, so we'll talk about the other sports, especially in re- the review, weekend review and midweek review, just like I did with softball today. Uh, going to show love to all of our players playing beach volleyball. Uh, we are going to have a beach volleyball player on the podcast. We had to reschedule. We thought we were going to get the interview in uh, for the episode today. Unfortunately not. Uh, she will be on the episode next week. And I'd love to start having more players on across the Sun Conference to talk about their sports and have them on just to highlight their sports. Unfortunately, uh, as I'm sure many of you are, I am a student athlete as well, and y'all know the hours that have to be put into that. Um, And and I love doing the Suncast, but I think the best direction would be is to review everything that's going on in the Sun Conference, preview a lot of baseball, put uh, baseball on – the forefront because that's the sport I cover. And in the fall, it'll be the same just with football. I'm still going to talk a lot of basketball, uh, soccer happening. I'll, for the, those who don't know, and I haven't said yet in the podcast, I know either. I love soccer. I played soccer all my life. I was a varsity goalkeeper three years in high school, but football was the best path for me. And it's led me here to being able to talk to all you wonderful and beautiful people. So with that, we will get into the Sun Conference softball with what's going on this weekend, just not quite the in-depth analysis that I had with baseball. Um, Starting off, the the best series of the week is USCB traveling down to Babson Park. Uh, Weber is coming off of a midweek series loss to their bitter rivals, Warner. I think they'll look to get get back. Weber's coming in 22-10 and 10 on the year, USCB 16-11. and 11. Both teams are fighting for what is currently that number two spot in the Sun Conference. USCB, they definitely made their case in the midweek series loss to Coastal Georgia. However, they did take game three of the series to avoid the sweep and hand Coastal Georgia only their second loss of the year. Um, speaking of Coastal Georgia, they are going to have a Kind of a get back right series and get back right. Yeah, they they, they won the they only won the series. They didn't sweep them, so they got to get back right. Um, they'll welcome in the Florida Memorial Lions. Flomo has struggled deeply this year. They're one in twelve on the year. They're going to be having a long bus ride there, and I think it'll be a longer one back. I expect the Mariners to sweep the series. Um, would love to see Flomo that uh, take a game though, just to show uh, teams like USCB Warner. Uh, who made their case after the win over Weber in the midweek series and Weber also that Coastal Georgia is definitely not invincible. Mentioned Warner, they are coming off the midweek series win. They'll look to fa- take on another struggling team in Kaiser. They're 11-16 and 16 on the year. 
Warner's looking to get back over 500 and get in the hunt for that conference tournament talk. St. Thomas is traveling to Lakeland to take on the Southeastern Fire. Southeastern is number 21 currently in the nation. Weber's just on the outside. They have received votes. Forgot to mention that a second ago. But yeah, Southeastern, they're 20 and 6. They're extremely hot. They have definitely made their case for that number two spot behind Coastal Georgia. Wouldn't be surprised to see them take that two seed, possibly heading into conference play. Uh, last weekend of the series, we have Thomas University traveling down to Ave Maria to take on the Gyrenes. Thomas is looking to get back right after last weekend. They took the series loss to Weber International. They're 16-9. and nine. Ave's looking to get up and over 500. They flirted with it all year. They're 15 and 16 right now. Expect both teams to give it a fight. I think Thomas will come out on top, but we shall see. Also, a lot of men's and women's tennis going on this weekend. Kaiser's going up to Coastal Georgia. Their men's tennis team is taking on the Coastal Georgia Mariners. Ave's coming on 7 and 5 on the year. Coastal Georgia 5 and 2. Warner's struggling a good bit on the men's side of the net. They're only 1-6 and six on the year. They take on one of the best teams in the Sun Conference as they uh, head to Miami Gardens to take on St. Thomas, who's 9-5 and five on the year. Mobile Alabama's going down to Lakeland in the Beerman Family Tennis Complex as they take on 8-3 and three Southeastern. And then SCAD welcomes in Kaiser University, those who don't know about SCAD, maybe, maybe some people down south, SCAD is Savannah College Art Design and beautiful Savannah, Georgia. I think we did a power ring just off another list we could do, just ranking the cities that all these beautiful campuses in. They, we could call this one the city battle between Kaiser out of West Palm Beach and SCAD out of beautiful Savannah, Georgia. Uh, Kaiser's one of the best men's tennis teams in, in the country, did the Conference championship picks gave it to Kaiser. I think they will look to continue to do that there. Had the same matchups across the board with the women's tennis teams. Ave Maria, Coastal Georgia. Ave's coming in six and four. Coastal four and three. Warner's women's team, just like their men's, has struggled this year. One and five uh, on the 2022 campaign. They travel down to Miami Gardens, take on six and eight St. Thomas. Mobile's taking on 10-2 Southeastern, and SCAD, who is 8-2, and, and Kaiser, who is 12-2, will face off in beautiful Savannah, Georgia. In beach volleyball action, struggling Truett McConnell, who's 2-16 on the year. They'll take on another struggling team. And St. Andrews, who's 6-16-1 on the year. Truett McConnell will also be taking on Spartanburg Methodist College. And wrapping up beach volleyball on Saturday, Loyola University of Louisiana travels to Mobile, Alabama to take on Sun Conference opponent Mobile. Uh, Mobile is one of the better teams in the Sun Conference right now outside of the three teams in the top ten, Southeastern, Ave, and Weber. They're 11-6 and six on the year. Again, we'll go more in-depth with all the softball and beach volleyball. Tennis as well, we'll get into it on the weekend uh, review. Uh, I just think that's the best direction for the podcast. We're going to highlight baseball. We're going to talk about the other sports going on in the Sun Conference, but baseball is the one I know best, which leads me into a, another little uh, tangent. I am really looking for someone to add on to the podcast. Right now, it's just me, myself, and I. I'd really like a co-host uh, from another university. If you know anybody, uh, let me know. Looking, Hopefully, someone from Southeastern or Warner. It's relatively driver's distance, but I've 
if we find the right person at a Kaiser or St. Thomas or even USCB, Coastal Georgia, love to get in contact with them just to get a point of view from outside of Weber and something to kind of split up a little bit of this work. Uh, just once again, can't thank you guys enough for listening to another episode of Suncast. Love all of y'all. Please, at, when you get done listening with this, scroll to the bottom of the Suncast page on Apple Music and Spotify. Leave a little five-star and a little nice review. Uh, give you a shout-out on the podcast. Uh, shout-out my boy, Robbie Patel, back home. He's up in Athens, Georgia. Gave me a five-star review. Really appreciate that. Um, that's going to do it for me. We have an awesome weekend on the diamond and the beach courts and the tennis courts. Can't wait to review it all with y'all on Monday. That's going to do it for me. I am Reagan Harrell. Y'all have a very great, safe, fun weekend. Love y'all. Peace out.